This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. All right, time for geekiest show ever. Also known as GSE. Good job, Trav. Yes. Those podcasting classes are paying off. You know what? Money well spent. Yep. Cha-ching. <laughs> I feel like I'm, uh, I've am i learned a lot already. You, I, I like, can tell. Like how to talk into microphones. Uh-huh. How to not burp into microphones. Why burp? I tend to do that, and it's bad podcast etiquette. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you my notes sometime if, that I take during class. If you've ever listened to the show before, you clearly know that that wasn't a lie. We have no idea what podcasting etiquette is. <laughs> we really don't. That's what separates us from all the good podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, we're going to jump right into it, Trav. Yes. Because that's what we do best. We're going to jump really. in head first into a shallow pool and just see how it goes. Full of blood and broken teeth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. We are going to be finishing up our uh, discussion of the book One of a Kind. <laughs> the studio. like wide perspective of what Stewie was and he was a person and how he was and everything but uh now we're gonna kind of go through different stories and give you pretty much the the reasons behind how he was that makes no sense you don't think the so? reasons behind how he was yeah like uh, what happened in his life to make him the way that he was overall yeah that makes more sense okay there you go i'm still learning I'm still learning, damn it. We're going to get You're doing it. a great job, Trav. Thank you. All right, so we're going to just jump into it. Um, Although you, having said that you could do better. Well, there's always room for improvement. Yes, especially with this show. Yes. <laughs> well, that's a given. Yes. That goes without saying. Or maybe not, I don't know. You never know. Okay. So, like I said, I have a few different bullet points here and uh we're just going to go through them. And um We're going to start right now. Let's do it. Okay. Let's see. When Stewie would, uh, Hmm. let's just, let's just tell them what we're like, what we're, what we got here. What, what this is that you're reading off of. Okay. You put together, uh, a bunch of, a bunch of stories from the book that, that you, you thought would be interesting to talk about. Stories, quotes, uh, fun facts. Yes. Fun facts. Situations. Sort of, I guess. Situational (laughs) fun facts. Yes. The best kind of fact. Yeah. A lot of, like, uh, as I mentioned earlier, one of the uh, reasons it took so long to get this out was I was doing a lot of notes while I was reading it. I wasn't just reading it. 
because I wanted to make sure that uh, we talked about all the different stuff that I thought was very interesting. Do him justice. Yeah, because he deserves it. Mm-hmm. If anyone that has ever walked on God's green earth deserves a two podcast episode or episodes, it's this guy. Okay. Right here. Okay. So here we go. He would watch his mom play seven card stud while at the age of 10. And uh, she was terrible. She lost a lot because she played real predictable and she played right by the book. If she had a good hand, then she would bet. If she didn't, she would fold, check, all that stuff. Um, all the guys in the club that she was playing with would, like, make fun of her behind her back and, like, talk real bad about her. And it really made him, like, mad. And um, and the reason why I thought this story was interesting was this was at the age of 10. Like, a lot of people at the age 10 are, like, outside, you know, eating bugs. bugs you were going to say bugs. Throwing yeah. rocks and, you know, all that stuff. He was already, like, studying the game mm-hmm. of cards. and um, And I think... Having like uh, his mom just kind of being belittled by all the guys in the clubs because he he said that and like, women too not it, just the guys yeah and um <laughs> I lost my train of thought <laughs> when sorry. you interrupted me <laughs> it's all good but um I think that kind of that drove him a little bit like feeling that anger towards them mm-hmm. and like at age ten. That's what is crazy to me. He was already understanding the concept of bluffing and reading people at that young of an age. Yeah. And um, that's why I thought it was a good little story. No, it's, 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 it definitely kind of shows you that, that uh, I mean, as good as he was and as effortless sometimes as he made it look, I mean, there, he literally spent a lifetime uh, perfecting his craft. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I have a quote from him that's probably uh, my favorite quote that's in this book and might be one of my favorite quotes ever. Okay. Because um, keep in mind, Stewie was, what, 5'5", five, five, 110 pounds, around that. Small dude. And, uh, and he said, to survive, to survive, you didn't have to be the biggest or meanest person. You just had to make sure that the biggest and meanest guys are on your side. Yeah. So you don't have to be the biggest dude. You just have to be friends with the biggest dude. Mm-hmm. And like, ah, that's so smart. You know, I don't know. No, yeah, I, totally. I mean, it's he even at a young age, he understood life to an extent. I mean, kind of the basics that a lot of people really live their entire lives and never really grasp. Yeah, because he was always around the mob. He was always around big people, tough dudes. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were, you would constant, constantly see in the book, like he would describe someone and like the next sentence or like the first sentence describing them was you, they had the face of someone you didn't want to F with. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and let's see next one. He won, tw- he won $20,000 in the lottery at age 17. And we all know your fondness of people who play the lottery. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember that in the book. It was on page fifty-one. Oh, of look course. it up. <laughs> and um, Ken Norton Jr. And so he took that twenty thousand dollars to the casino to play blackjack, which I think we said last last episode wasn't really his best game. Yeah, like he understood it, but he was nowhere near like a top player. And um, before he even had a penny of that money in his hands, he lost. All twenty thousand dollars playing blackjack, and the casino cut him off after he reached his twenty thousand credit limit. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it just shows how fast money just like went right through his hands. Yeah, you know, like money money to him was nothing, and yet it was everything, and nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was everything and nothing all at the same time. And um, a thing about Stewie was he hated to lose. Like clearly, he hated to lose, and this is why he can never hustle anyone. Like there's a quote saying he wasn't a con man or a hustler; he was an assassin. He didn't have the ability to hustle because he was impatient and hated losing. It was uh, I quote this from the book. It was like he put a neon sign over his head, warning players to stay away. Yeah, and uh, well, it's like the mob was wanting him to uh, kind of slow roll. Yeah, these these guys who uh, like back in his gin days. Um, you know, where that was like his main thing, uh, instead of like kind of fleecing a guy, you know, over a, a long amount of time, you know, slowly winning somebody's money, he wouldn't even think about that it, to him. It, it was, and wasn't at the same time, like, all about making money. Like, yeah, that's that, this is how he's making some money. But whenever he's playing, he's not thinking about that. Yeah. He's thinking, I'm not going to slow roll you cause I'm going to beat your ass right here. Like yeah, right and, now, and he I'm not going to slow roll you. He didn't want, and he didn't want to lose for the reason that he hated to lose. But he also, like, he didn't want to lose on purpose and let that person brag that he bet that he beat the best player in the world. Yeah, like to him that that wasn't even it didn't even cross his mind to try and hustle someone. Yeah, it was you know when I'm we're, we're playing gin, I'm going to go 110 miles an hour, and there's no way you're going to catch up. Yeah, and there was uh, I don't know if you have this down, but I, I do know that like. He 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 uh, was so far the extreme uh, of I'm going to beat you right here and now, and I'm not going to slow roll you. That uh, after a while, it was hard to find people to play him. Oh yeah, because I, anyone who was in the gin and had you know a lot of money to spend on it heard of of Stu Unger. Yes. Uh, so after a while, it was hard to find people to 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 play him and he started offering like rebates i do have that let, let me find it real quick and uh and he, he also like let his opponents see like the bottom card of the deck mm-hmm. and he still won every time like even giving uh i think the one of the lines from the book was something to the ex- some in the spirit of like uh um, you know, when offering rebates, uh, uh, it is, or no one is known to have ever, uh, made good on the rebate or whatever, earned the rebate. Yeah. I have it right here. Right. Um, he beat Jimmy Black for 25,000 and Danny Robinson for 30,000. I don't know how, you know, good these players are, but that's $55,000 just from beating two people. And uh, and after that, because like Danny Robinson was supposed to be the greatest like greatest gin player that there was, and when Stewie uh, destroyed him, it was hard to get action. So to get action, he would uh, he would deal and let the players. It's hard for a lot of us to get action. <laughs> well, for you, maybe not all of us. Well, it was a joke. Yeah, clearly I have no problem. <laughs> Sorry, clearly. Um, but he would deal first and uh, let them. Go first because apparently that's a big advantage or something. Mm-hmm. And um, he would make like side wagers and rebates if they won. Says they never did. Uh, no money was collected. 
Then I have the quote from Billy Baxter saying, Stewie was a great poker player, maybe the best ever. But when it came to gin, Stewie was hands down the greatest player that's ever lived or maybe that ever will live. And uh, that that sums it up right there, really. Yeah, I think it does. So we're going to end the show right now. <laughs> um, let's see. Let me go back to He was top. so good that, like, at one point... Before he died, they started writing a book about him. <laughs> That's when you know you've lived a good <laughs> life. <laughs> okay, this next story is uh, is relevant because of the person that was in it. Uh, Stewie was playing a cash game of seven card stud, and he What's had a, a catch game, a cash. Oh, game. cash. Okay, and okay. Um, he had to go to the bathroom, and so he saw Mike Sexton sitting on the rail. He was like, "Hey, come play my hand for me," and so Sexton did. And, uh, like, the first hand he was dealt, he was dealt a straight, played it perfectly, and won a lot of money. And um, I think in the book it said it took the dealer three large pushes yeah. uh, to get all the chips in that direction. Yeah, it never said how much, but three large pushes seems like it's a lot of money. Yep. <laughs> and, um, and so Stewie gave uh, Mike Sexton $1,500 to play in a different cash game that was, you know, right next to it. And Sexton won $4,000 and gave Stewie half. And uh, this is a quote from Sexton saying, I went from being broke to having a couple of thousand dollars in my pocket. But more importantly, a friendship grew out of it. And um, I remember the, that's one of the first things you said to me when I, after you read the book the first time was, like, how cool of a guy you, you thought Mike Sexton was. Yeah. Because, because yeah, go ahead, go ahead. like, everyone's – like, Mike Sexton is known as, like, the World Poker Tour – Announcer, yeah, play by play, yeah. Guy, the, if you yeah. can, if you can, but dig it. Well, Vince, we got a huge pot here, <laughs> and um, and so that he. he oh, and by a, the way, Vince is in that is in the movie. Oh, he is. Uh huh. Interesting. Um, and so that's how like I knew Mike Sexton. I didn't even know him and Stewie were friends until I read this the, yeah. the first time a few years ago. But I remember you saying you thought how cool Sexton was. Yeah, because he doesn't look like the type of guy who would associate. I mean, but then again, like Doyle Brunson doesn't look like that type of guy either. No, but but still, I mean, like Sexton doesn't look like a uh, a guy who lives like Stewie lives. And I don't. They didn't really talk about in the book with like you know how wild Sexton got. But if you saw him, there's no way you would ever think that like he ran with someone as wild as. Stewie. Yeah. You wouldn't and really everyone he hung out with. Like uh like Chip Reese was one of them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like any I mean they all look just like maybe it's the image I have of them now, like as they're older. Yeah. But uh they all look like people that Stewie wouldn't hang out with. Yeah, I mean I mean I know just for Sexton, he looks I mean he looks like a a, a nerdy kind of older guy. Yeah. I mean pretty much. And Stewie looked kind of nerdy too, but in a totally different way. Uh, and of course, you know, whenever I first saw Sexton, it was on the World Poker Tour as as, as a and you know a, a announcer. Maybe we'll call him a hand by hand announcer. Uh, <laughs> okay, but um, yeah, you know, a very kind of you know professional, I guess if if that's the right word. Uh, you you know you would I don't know you just would never think that he. Uh, was one of, if not the best friend of the like most 
unprofessional maybe <laughs> arguably maybe uh, yeah uh poker player i don't know it's just it was it was so odd it was so odd to see or to hear that the, like not only were they friends they were like best friends yeah they seemed like complete opposite people mm-hmm. and uh and they always said that sexton was always there to help him out and sexton was always smart about the money he gave him and I, we said the last episode the story of you know buying clothes for his daughter yeah and um so sexton's is a, is like he's a cool guy yeah he's he is a plus in my book yeah a plus all the way. Let's see. In 1980, Stewie won the main event, and he beat Doyle Brunson heads up. Uh, if Brunson would have won that match, Brunson would have been a three-time champion of the main event. Yep, and a back-to-back winner, I believe. Yes, and um, and, re- and a reporter asked Stewie what he was going to do with his money, which was three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars, and Stewie answered with two words: "Gamble it." Yep, and. Uh, that's what he did. Yeah, that's what he did. And then uh, in 1981, he was playing in a side game right before the the main event started, and he spit in the face of one of the dealers and was banned from the Horseshoe Casino, which is where the World, World Series, Series was. took place. And um, they almost didn't let him play, but uh, the owner was finally convinced that, you know, the people need to see if this... Yeah, he has to be able to defend yeah, his Yeah, they his want to see him crown. try and defend his title. Yeah. Which he did. He won it for a second year in a row, which was $375,000. Yeah. And Stewie uh, said that he didn't so he didn't really spit in the face of the dealer. It's I mean, he he admittedly uh, was kind of giving the dealer a hard time, but you know, he just some spit kind of flew like off his lip or whatever. Yeah. And hit the which you know what I believe that because yeah. if you're being hassled by somebody and you're kind of you're trying to defend a yourself reason. a little yeah you see something like that like you know deep down that it wasn't on purpose but yet on a more conscious level yeah. you're telling yourself it was it, you know he did it on purpose yeah because Stewie one of his antics uh, was to just. You know, hassle people, rile people. Whether it was, I guess, the dealer, obviously, or different players. Yeah. Like he would. He wasn't a quiet guy at the table. <laughs> he was like one of the loudest players. Always talked. Always tried to get under people's skin because that was part of his game. And it was really gross too. <laughs> yeah. Very uh, Silence of the Lambish. <laughs> he puts the lotion on his skin. Yeah. Um. Let's see. His- That's where that quote came from originally. <laughs> yeah. It's Stu Unger quote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite quotes, dude. In fact, whenever that movie starts up, it's a black screen, then some white text kind of just fades up, and it says that, <laughs> and then and then the person who said that slowly fades up, and it was Stu Younger. Stu Younger, mm-hmm. 1981. Let's see. His first hit of cocaine came in 1976, the day when he put his the day when his mother was put into a nursing home, and uh, and she was always like. She wasn't a drug addict, but she got to the point in her old age. She where, was addicted to uh, prescription pain. Yeah, she, like she was. Pills, yeah. She was real sick, and uh, she was always just real hopped up on all the goofy stuff. <laughs> hopped up on goofballs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, and he goofballs va- are expensive. They really the are. Thirty dollars a gram. Um, <laughs> he vowed to never do drugs after seeing the effects it had on people, especially his mother. But he just couldn't take it anymore. Um, sister too. Yeah, his sister was big into drugs, heroin. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's pretty big, I guess. Don't mess with that. Um, or and, text. And he had a friend, and his friend had some some cocaine. It's like here, you know, it'll it'll work. It'll take your mind off everything. And uh, he said it. He said he took it, and he forgot all his troubles. And that was really the start of his problem. Mm-hmm. In '76, I forget what year he was born, but someone else can look that up. Nineteen dickety two. There you go. Um, I we talked this about this next one a little bit last episode, but he won one point eight million dollars betting on a long shot at the horse track. He took his friends out to a gentleman's club. Uh, friends, including Sexton, uh, was Doyle Brunson there? No, I don't think so. I don't um, think Brunson would. I don't know. Brunson never. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know, so I don't want to say. Okay. Well, he took uh, took some friends out, and he he like tipped everyone he saw. Like uh, they had a VIP room, and at one point, at all a, at the strip, club yeah, all the there. strip club, all the strippers at the strip club. Uh, eventually, just like all went to the VIP room. Yeah, they and heard there the, were like none yeah. on stage. Yeah, there there were like you know any girl who was who was you know good at being a stripper, uh, which it sounds like it was a pretty high class strip club. Uh, I mean, if the, I know it's kind of an oxymoron, yeah, but, uh, a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like uh, they he was tipping like thousands of dollars like per per tip. Yeah, like for these these girls. And uh, are you going to talk about how they ran out of Cristal? Yeah, he he. Uh, they had seven bottles of Cristal, and uh, they ran out, and so they had to settle for like lesser champagne. Don Perignon, yeah, Don Perignon, and and, uh, and Stewie. Like it, I think it's it described it in the book, like uh, kind of showing off for his friends a little bit, like. Well, are you going to make me slum it? Like, fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, These are my friends. You're going to make me do this yeah, to Yeah, you're going to embarrass me in front of my friends and tell me you're out of Cristal? <laughs> yeah. Like, fine. If we got to slum it with your Don Perry on, fine. Yeah, yeah, Have you what... ever had Cristal? No. I haven't either. I hear it's good. <laughs> Actually, I've heard it's not. Like, it's one of those things that, like, it, the only reason... And this is just what I've heard. I don't know if this is true. But, okay. like, the, it's just one of those things, like, the only reason it's as expensive as it is is, like, it's just all marketing. Really? Yeah, it's people think it's it's so like good only because because that price label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and and you know, you hear like it's it's you know mentioned by name, you know, glorified and stuff, mm-hmm. like in uh, various hip hop artists' <laughs> music. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> on that music television that they have. Yeah, and, and by the way, I was putting music in quotes. Gotcha. His uh, his final bill for that night was $8,800. Which doesn't, that doesn't sound like a lot. That doesn't sound like a lot, and I don't think that With includes, as much money as he was throwing around. And I don't yeah. think that includes tipping No, I don't think either. it does either. Yeah, so he probably spent, gosh, maybe 15000 you think? More? Less? Uh, no more, one really knows. Yeah. more. It's than, a lot either more way. More than I've got uh, right now, probably. <laughs> Probably <laughs> um, until you invest in some bonds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, just the last thing I'll say about this is one of one of my favorite moments in the book. Uh, and for this, I will make you read the book. But it's where it describes how uh, some of his friends were trying to find him in this almost literal sea of just strippers, strippers and, and boobs. <laughs> and you know, he was a short guy. Yeah. 
so you know, read the book to find out how that ends. But it, it will be curious, well worth the wait. It's around page one eighty-eight. Very good. Check it out. I was listening to a podcast and it was long. It was just so long they kept talking. I went for a five mile run and still they kept talking. Remember the last time you listened to a podcast and they just kept going and going and going? Remember how you mowed your lawn and they were still talking? You then rode your bike for 20 miles, you helped the neighbor rebuild his engine, you waxed the car, you washed the dog, you washed your neighbor's dog, and they still were talking. Hi, I'm Scott from Pocket Size Podcast, available at MyMac.com. You will never have that experience with us. We're all about short. We're all about pocket. We're Pocket Size Podcast. We're about Apple iOS devices. If you like iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, you'll love us. Us, and we'll love you too just not for a very long time hey scott uh yeah shut up already we're supposed to keep it short <sighs> yes yes we are find us at mymac.com the pocket size podcast if only i would have listened to pocket size podcast i would be done i'd be asleep i'd be taking a nap i'd be washing my hair i'd be out of the country Hey, Gaz, do you like apples? Yes, I love Cox's because they're hard and juicy. Huh? Do you mean what I think you mean? Yeah, Cox's Pippin' Apples. They come from Somerset Guy. Everyone knows that. But we're talking about the MyMac.com podcast. It's been around since 2004. Oh, I see. That type of apple. Exactly. You can find it in iTunes. Talk to us from Twitter or Facebook. Or call us on our Skype number, which is... 703-436-9501. There. Said it before you could. Okay, this next story is one of my favorites. And um, he went to a boxing match. I forget which friend it was with. But uh, he bet everything he had, which is about $70,000, on this one match between Chavez and Taylor, whoever they are. And uh, all he had left after he made that bet was $300 in his pocket. And uh, he didn't bet for Chavez or Taylor to win. He bet like on a knockout or anything, he bet that it would go the distance. Mm -hmm. So if any player got knocked out, he would lose his money. If it went the distance, and I don't know what the odds were, but he would have won a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, the fight entered the 12th in the final round with Chavez way behind in scoring. And so Chavez's only hope to win this was (laughs) to uh, just come out swinging and try Mm -hmm. and knock him out. And, um, And that's what he did. With 12 seconds left... Chavez landed a punch on Taylor, knocked him out. Stewie kept saying he was yelling, get up, get up. And Taylor never did. And Stewie lost his whole bankroll with two seconds left in the fight. See, I, that's another thing I don't remember. Really? Yeah. Page 199. <laughs> uh, I quote him. He said that was the worst beat he ever took in gambling. Was two seconds away. Now that sounds familiar. Yeah. To me, that's just that's insane betting so much money on that, and then have it have it so close. Mm-hmm. Like you can pretty much feel the money in your pockets, and then it's just all gone. That's a that's a tough beat. It certainly is. Yeah. Okay. So in uh, in 1990, Stewie entered the main event again. He was backed by Billy Baxter. I think we covered this. Did we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he br- br- oh yeah, briefly yeah, ago. we did, we did, and um. He was. <laughs> you good? I'm so good. <laughs> I have no idea what went on over there, but I just saw you like 
Yeah, to I tried, catch I, something. Yeah, I went to go pick up my cigarette box, and all of a sudden, it grew like frog's legs, and somehow <laughs> jumped in the air, and I was had to catch it. Sorry, did you ahead. catch it? Barely, but okay. yes, good. Um, he was going for his third main event title, and he was in prime position to make a run for the championship again. And on the third day, he didn't show up, and uh, and thus the name for that band was born. What band? Third day. There you go. Um, let's see. Billy Baxter went up to his room to check on him. When he, when he opened the door, he was stunned. He saw Stewie unconscious, barely breathing because he overdosed. Yeah. And um, he had so many chips that he was blinded out, meaning, like, they took his chips, you know, as as uh, the blinds would go in poker. Um, and he still finished in ninth place. <laughs> But uh, he was he was so embarrassed by it, and this leads me to the next story. Um, after that embarrassment, he challenged the winner of that tournament to a fifty thousand dollar heads up match, meaning one on one, and uh, one hand. No, like or just a, uh, they, like a small tournament. Like uh, they each put in fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Winner take all. Okay, okay, yeah, but it wasn't lines like lines are like one hundred, two hundred. Okay, it wasn't, just, but it wasn't it wasn't fifty thousand dollars. Riding on one hand. No, no, it was a match. Gotcha. And uh, and on the on the hand that Stewie won, Stewie beat the champion, which was a little bit of vindication for him. Um, he read this guy's hand perfectly, and he knew this guy either had like a five high or a six high, which is like literal, literally one of the worst hands you could probably have. And um, and Stewie called him with a ten high, yeah. like. An unbelievable call because he knew exactly what he had. Because even 10 high is still oh, nothing. Yeah, that's a, that's com- nothing, that's really. That's a piss poor hand. And, um, and man, when someone can read you like that, you just have no hope. Yeah. No hope at all. And, um, and that was kind of like I alluded to earlier or last episode was one thing that made Stewie great was he had good reads, but he also followed through with those reads. Mm-hmm. Like he had the balls to have 10 high. And calling all in for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and he was right. You know, he trusted his instincts. And um, at one point, Stewie made the final table in nine major tournaments, and he had won eight of them, which is an insane yeah, percentage. I mean, you could almost say that like some of the stuff must have been made up which is absolutely was not no. but i'm just saying i mean like some of this stuff is just so insane like it'd be like if you were playing poker in a video game yeah like exactly yeah i win just about every tournament i play in <laughs> that's how stewie was yeah you know? um let's see his main problem was instant gratification uh do you remember the story whenever he wanted to be a jockey vaguely um he wanted to be a jockey uh, cause he was small enough to, you know, do it. Yeah. And, um, and so the guy that he talked to about it made him work in the stables, like with the horses cleaning up, like to just get used to the horses. And, uh, and he didn't want to do it. He thought it was boring. It took too long. He just wanted to get right onto it. He didn't care if he didn't know anything about horses. He just wanted to do it. And it was that instant gratification. Same thing with being on the golf course for the first yes. time. Or never even actually stepping out onto the real course. Yeah. Before he was betting multi-thousand dollars on a single stroke of the club. Yeah, same reason why he couldn't. <laughs> Which is not what it sounds like. 
Uh, it's the same reason why he couldn't sit down at a table and just play for you know a couple days without some help. Yeah, like he he needed that instant gratification. That's kind of one reason why he turned to drugs. Because that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, I've never done them, but it sounds like you do it. And it's you know just like that. It's hitting you. Well, I mean, you know, you should never do drugs. I just but uh, he's proof that. Um, if you do enough cocaine, you will be really good at cards. That's that's what we're really trying to convey on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> Let's see. Um, and he was really, really good. Yeah, because he died. he did a lot. Yeah, he died. and he died. Um, <laughs> like how you're eating a hot dog. Yeah, smooth. Um, he won the he won the main event in '97, and in '98. He decided not to defend his title because he was just a wreck. Like, he smelled. He just looked real bad. Strung out. Real strung out. He was in no condition to play. And that was the first time ever that a defending champ didn't attempt to defend the title. And that was a big, like, moment in the poker world. It was like, how could you not even attempt to defend it? You know? Yeah. Because this was after he won 97. And so, and if you remember in 97, he had a hard time finding a backer. Oh, yeah. Like, people didn't want to back him because it's so long since he did anything. You know, that was his comeback. And so this year, he. Don't had, call it a comeback. He's been here for years. <laughs> and um, so he had a lot of people that, you know, could stake him. It wasn't not having the money. He just felt like he couldn't do it. And he said it was a, the lesser of two evils uh, not showing up rather than showing up and looking like a wreck and playing like a wreck. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and on Sunday, November twenty second, nineteen eighty eight, Stewie was found dead in his motel room. Uh, Stu didn't die of an overdose, but rather a heart attack. I quote: "The death was brought on by his lifestyle." So just all the years of abuse um, really took a toll on him. Yeah. You know what's even more like sad slash like kind of pathetic was uh, the day before he died. It was in the, he was in the same hotel room, uh, and the housekeeper uh, for the hotel like kept knocking on the door or whatever, mm-hmm. and no one was answering. So she let herself in, and she walked in on Stewie on the bed or somewhere. Yeah, he was like on the bed, cold and like wrapped up in sheets. Or it something. just so like clearly like you know just. High, so high, yet so sick. Yeah. And the little cherry on top was, there was a porno on. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that part. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, I don't know that you're in any condition whatsoever to enjoy this. (laughs) You know, I mean, like, why would you? No, I I mean, like, you know, no matter how you want to take that comment. (laughs) I don't think he was in any position to enjoy any piece of cinema. Okay, not just no matter how adult. Okay. Yes, yeah. like I said, you could take that in other ways too. I guess, but okay. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I just meant whatever that, like, you say. I don't know. He would have had to pay extra for that. I think yeah, maybe, but like he was so out of it, and then he asked them. What did he ask the maid to do? Like he, just he, pick he, up something? Like he had her clean something? something it was like small, that. but and, it, he, and he gave her. Uh, I think sixty dollars. I don't. I don't know. To, uh, just like leave, and then she came back the next. Yeah, it was day the same maid who discovered him yeah, dead the next and day. He was dead. So uh, 
Sorry to be Captain Bringdown over here. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to get to some of his gin stories. And uh, these aren't so much like awesome stories as much as it just depicts how much he won. Okay. Um, his very first time he played gin, he was 15 years old, and he was looking for a poker game and uh, at this club, and all the tables were full. And um, and he saw this this guy sitting there. His name was Art Rubello. And uh, and he asked him if he wanted to play cards. And uh, Stu's like, okay, what do you want to play? And so Rubello's like, let's play gin. Uh, let's play $20 a hand. And it turns out this dude was the club's best gin player. And um, and they played three matches, and Stewie won all three matches, left with $60. And uh, and so that kind of got people talking. Yeah. And then um, Stewie played a guy named Teddy Price, and he was, quote, unquote, one of the best gin players of his era. Um, Stewie was accompanied by his bodyguard as he was just about every time he went and played like a fixed match like this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so Teddy thought that the bodyguard was going to be playing him and Jen and that Stewie was just like his kid son that was going to watch. Yeah. And Stewie was like, no, I'm the one playing you. And, uh, there's and a good scene in the movie. Uh, was it with that? Yeah. Um, oddly enough, the guy who he was playing, you know, uh, uh-huh. Was Mr. Miyagi. Really? I think, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, they settled on $500 a game, and Stewie won all three matches, netting $1,500. And that was at age 15 as well. And now at 16, he played a guy by Nat Klein. He was the Bronx Express. And he destroyed him in less than an hour and won $10,000. The Bronx Express? Yeah. I have no idea. Maybe we'll look that up and put it in the show notes. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> and then he played a guy named Leo the Jap. And <laughs> swear oddly to, enough, swear he was to Indian. God, swear to God. And he took all of his money, too. And these were two, quote-unquote, legendary gin players. And um, one gin player who was known as a cheat challenged Stewie. And Stewie accepted. And uh, this guy was looking at the bottom of the deck, and when he was dealing, he would, like, accidentally, quote-unquote, lift two cards when drawing. And uh, and Stu's bodyguard told him that he was cheating, and Stu was like, I know he is. I'm going to beat him anyways. And he did, took home $16,000. <laughs> and uh let's see, next one, Stewie took on Harry Yonke Stein, a <laughs> Canadian gin player. And they played 27 games of Hollywood Gin, which I really don't know what it is. Sounds delicious, though. Yeah, it kind of does. Sounds <laughs> a little tasty. And Stewie won every game uh, with 81 straight columns, beat him 81 nothing. which I don't know what columns are, but if you tell me 81 to nothing, I think that's, pr- that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's pretty dominant. And then... Uh, Solid. Quote-unquote, the best player in the world had been destroyed. And then he said, after I beat Yankee, I was a marked man. I couldn't get any game in New York. I was royally effed. And so that was kind of your thing of, you know, he couldn't just slow roll anyone. Mm -hmm. He had to always win, and he had to always destroy him, like, as hard as he could. Yeah. Um, Then he played a $100,000 game against Danny Robinson, who was the best gym player in Vegas. Quote, unquote, I didn't just beat him, I humiliated him. And then here's a quote from Stewie that I thought was pretty interesting. He said, I used to break my opponents down. They'd crumble right in front of my eyes. 
They would come in wearing ties with their hair neat, and after five hours with me, their tie would be undone and their hair would be all over the place. They had this look in their eye like they realized they couldn't win. It was effing beautiful. <laughs> and that's such a stewy attitude. Yeah. Like, just just watching them struggle so hard, just he got off on that pretty much, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, – didn't he say something like that was like what fed him? What yeah. gave him his power or something? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and so after that, he really was having trouble finding games. Uh, no one really wanted to play him, so he, he discovered tournaments in Vegas for gin. And um, he won his first tournament. The entry fee was $1,500. First price was $50,000. Three days later, Stewie was the champion. So crazy, man. I know. And then um, in a different tournament... Stewie was heads up with one other player, and there was just them two left, and the other player suggested that they chop the pot. And Stewie replied, well, how about this? Let's play the match winner take all. Yeah. And uh, and it said something like, like you know, he, then he said you know later about that, like, I knew I was going to beat him. Why would I give him half the money when yeah. I could win it all? And, uh, and he won the tournament 112 to nothing, 114 to 37, and 105 to 81. Which, again, I really don't know what those numbers mean, but they look pretty... The last one sounds somewhat close. Yeah, the last one was the only one that was relatively close. But, yeah, his, his theory of why, why would I ever chop with, with someone that I know I can beat? Yeah. You know? And, um, and so the last thing I'll say, it's the last thing on the notes, and we'll probably wrap this up, was uh, Stewie showed up to defend a title at the Rivera in 1979, the tournament director pulled him over and said he wasn't allowed to play the tournaments because he was too good and was driving the, driving the other players away. <laughs> and to me, that just... When Vegas yeah, refuses Vegas, to let you gamble in their establishment. Yeah, like uh, I think they said he played in five tournaments. He won three of them. One of them, there was two players left, and he just failed to show up to the finals. Yeah. <laughs> and... They didn't say about the one he lost, but I mean, when you're that good that like, to me, this sums up his whole gin career that people didn't want to play him. They didn't want to spend their money because they knew they weren't going to win and they ban you from like, that's so unheard of being banned from a a tournament like that. I mean, just even a casino period, because if there's any, any business that is so just, you know, it's all about having money spent in under your roof mm-hmm. if there's any business where that's more you know the most important it's it's in vegas it's in the casino yeah they would never refuse anybody pulling out their wallet and pulling you know and pulling some money out of their wallet yeah but <laughs> they refused him yeah. because but at this point he was that's how good he was is that he was consistently yeah his his play consistently led to them losing. Yeah, yeah. And by they meaning the the house, like all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and so that's really all I have. Hopefully, I mean, just to expand on that for just a quick second. I mean, okay. think about it. They always tell you, you no matter what you do, you can never beat the house. Not only could he consistently beat the house, you know, and and like drive away business. I mean, think about. It. People tell you all the time you can never beat the house, but one guy, yeah, one guy 
like not only beat the house, beat the house consistently, and not only beat the house consistently, beat the house consistently so much that they told him, "Yeah, <laughs> no, we, we get away. We can't let you yeah, do this exactly. anymore." <laughs> I mean, that, it's in that, our best interest to not let you play. That I mean, if you just think about that, <laughs> yeah, whenever, just when, trying to wrap your brain around yeah, that, that one. That's just insane. It really is. It really is, and um. So hopefully, hopefully y'all enjoyed the book. If you didn't read the book, hopefully you enjoyed our discussions about them. Um, I encourage. We'd love you, to hear what you, what you guys think. Yeah, I'd I'd love to hear some feedback of uh, maybe what was one of your favorite stories. Um, maybe you think we're just overhyping this guy, and you're like, oh, no one really cares about Stu Unger. Well, then we don't want to hear from you. Travis does. Uh, yeah, I do. Justin doesn't. He's not open to constructive criticism. No, I'm not. But um. Yeah, hopefully y'all enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not quite sure what we have next on the GSE Book Club agenda. Oh, Is well, it, it yeah, Stephen King's it until yeah. If I decide to change my mind, it'll be you'll know about it fairly yeah, soon. That's not going to be any time. Yeah, soon. But at all. you don't feel like you need to write a bunch of notes about. No, I'm not. I'm not. But you know what? I would not doubt it if you didn't at least want to for some of the parts in the book i'm sure i will i, I felt like but, i had to do notes on this book because it was like my book yeah much, you know yeah uh and i wanted to prove to everyone out there that you've GSC read a book? world oh. that i can do prep for a show <laughs> well you, you did a, uh, an amazing job prepping this i told you before we started recording that i'm gonna totally let you have control of this one i'm gonna let you take it wherever you want i'm just gonna follow you you mm. did a fantastic job i appreciate that um, but that's the last I'll say about it. I don't want to oversell the book, okay? Because if I overhype it, it'll never live up. Okay. So you're saying it sucks. <laughs> the expectations are low. So even if I think it's okay, it'll still exceed the expectation that was given to me, which is sure. Sucked. Okay. Just, just here's the thing. Anytime you overhype something, when you keep saying how good it is, n- no matter what it is, it'll never live up very few occasions ever live up as a guitarist i would say whenever people talk about how good Jimi hendrix was and then you uh-huh. see him play you're like yeah that's you can't overhype that but uh <clears throat> just let's put it this way someone that you somewhat know uh told you that that was one of his favorite books okay and that if you ever get a chance to read it someday maybe you should okay that's fair enough fair enough um and it's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> any, any, anything, any feedback you have, uh, email us at gsc at mymac.com. We'd love to hear just, you know, what, what you guys think about it. And um, maybe any other suggestions for GSC Book Club that we could read. Anything like that. Yeah. Or any suggestions for the show at all. You know, we're, we're open. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, open door policy. That's right. Go to uh, com. I don't believe we have a full range of that website yet. Not yet, um, but uh, it is certainly well on its way. And I think even more so now that uh, we had a a show go up on iTunes, however, never ever see the light of day on com. Yeah. So I know that Tim is just swamped beyond belief. I'm sure he is. With running... uh, um. Uh, that I my mind just blanked on his uh his day job. 
But uh, doing that and running my Mac. Yeah, I mean, he's a busy guy. I, I this is gonna. Uh, he may never forgive me for this. He's probably problem. not. This this might be the last show we ever do. Uh, <laughs> well, that you'll ever do. I'll, I'll find. Oh, that's a good point. To. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, good luck with that. Yeah, but you can still be our producer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so it's just it's all of the hard work and none of the fun. Yeah. <laughs> I still have to do all the editing, all the everything else, but I don't have the fun of sitting in front of the mic. We might let you have like a five minute segment, <laughs> but we're gonna like cap you off after five minutes, okay? <laughs> Even if it's in the middle of a sentence. Very good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and our our Facebook page should be coming up soon. But in the meantime, email us. Um, and, with, and with our Facebook page comes one of the greatest opportunities ever for a listener oh yeah it's a it's a chance of a lifetime yes that shouldn't be passed up i agree um so check us out thanks for listening everybody for uh for justin over there i'm travis stay tuned for the next episode and um Um, and also check out our other podcast oh yeah i forgot that we do a show well we do two shows that's true drunk and halo if you're into uh halo or you want to get into Halo, and you're like, oh, I really don't know what Halo is. Check it out, because uh, we talk anything and everything that there is to talk about with Halo. Yeah, and even things related to Halo, like how other games relate to yeah. Halo. like we did a Call, Call, of Duty. Call of Duty versus Halo show a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. which uh, generated a little bit of interest yeah. among uh, among the listeners. Yeah. It was kind of interesting to see some of that feedback. Uh, very interesting. <laughs> Because it literally almost came out of nowhere. But yeah. that that's a story for a different day, Trav. Uh, yeah, that that <laughs> that it is. That too, Trav. That it is. All right. Thanks You're everyone. Speaking in tongues. <laughs> that's what I, that's uh, the next episode. I'm gonna teach people how to speak in tongues. By using context clues. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. For Justin this is Travis. You stay golden, pony boy. <laughs>